Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chubba Piquanel and I'm joined by my intangible co-host, Tempest the Wrestler. Hello, Tempest. Still your Quizzlemania champion, Tempest Damn the right. Wrestler. Damn first right. Show, first show I've done back since uh, solidly retaining my Quizzlemania championship. I, mm. I somehow can't beat the likes of James Mansfield, but Luke and Sam Roberts? Psh, not a problem. Easy exactly. retention. Easy. Exactly. Tell you what, I actually haven't had the time to watch Quizlemania. That's a lie. I've had the time to watch Quizlemania. I haven't wanted to watch Quizlemania yet because I was doing anything to get away from work on my days off. Um, I've heard it was a chaotic show. Oh, it sure was. <laughs> it sure was. So, for to make it interesting, describe to me what happened. Just for the brief version. So... In in short, in short, Wale showed up probably about 15 minutes into the show. Mm-hmm. And the first 15 minutes were largely spent stalling, hoping yeah. that either Wale or possibly Sullivan would show up. Okay, right. In order to be the fourth person. And so we went through our introductions and I'm sitting there giggling because, you know, you can tell that Adam is is making these things a lot longer than 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 normal of course. and and we get through it and wally shows up and we're like yay the show is saved and we continue onward and i want to say probably about 40 minutes into the show adam reads an ultra chat from dan that's like maybe you can ask the guests how uh how they feel about uh bianca belair and how this and that and how she's doing and whatever obviously mm-hmm. because Sam Roberts had that moment yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago. Oh no! He, uh, he greatly disparaged the good name of Bianca Belair, yeah. and Adam totally read this like straight, like, "Oh yeah, you know Bianca Belair, blah blah blah." What do you guys think? And Sam was like, "Adam, I think that was a joke question." And he was like, "Oh, oh no!" And mm. from that moment on, the rest of the show was basically Wall A being like. What's the problem with Bianca Belair, Sam? <laughs> oh, What's the problem? No. What's the oh, problem, no. Sam? What you got? What's the problem with Bianca Belair? Hmm? Hmm? What, what is it, WWE guy? What is it? What's the oh, problem? God. 
Meanwhile, the three of us Wrestle Talk guys are all just like <laughs> up on up on the top row, but down on the bottom, Wale and Sam were just kind of going back and forth. And uh, I think this is as good a a spot to yeah, to mention. Boy. But I, I solidly back Wale with his comments. Yeah, can't can't yeah. so much do it on screen at the time no, because no. professionalism and whatnot. Mm. But I'm 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 on the side of Wale. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a very fun time oh, uh, was, to be had. Fun. At, yeah, at, yeah. So, at some point, Wale gets like a phone call, mm-hmm. and because obviously we tell people like, oh, it's probably going to be about an hour and a half to two hours, and mm-hmm. if you need to, you're you can you can leave, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets a phone call at some point, and he's like, oh yeah, man, I've. I've just got boys to men waiting for me in the studio and all. But I told him, like, F that. I'm doing this wrestling quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we're like, hell yeah, Wale. We're more important than boys to men today. Amazing. Oh, God. What a fun show. I'm going to have to check that out, I think. Uh, It was very fun. Like, the whole show could end up on the next best of monthly compilation mm-hmm. it was yeah, it was yeah, good yeah. stuff yeah i've heard people say it's the best show the, the best quiz that we've had so far which is wild to think that we've had 38 39 of them now what are we on to 39 39 39 39 quiz manias oh and we're still getting better that's insane yeah. do you want to know what isn't getting better smackdown <laughs> <laughs> what a segue <laughs> Um, I, I seem to have made a lot of people mad with my opinions of this show. Uh, so buckle in, cause it's going to be a good one. Um, don't worry. I'm not as mad. We're not as mad as we were last week. Last week's show was probably rock bottom of us being pissed off at WWE. This week mm-hmm. won't be as bad as last week if you didn't enjoy last week's show. Uh, but I had a few things I didn't like on the show. So we're going to talk about it. It seems a lot of people really liked it. I didn't, but let's talk about Love it. One. Love when that happens. first thing we're going to be talking about is this opening segment between John Cena and Roman Reigns. So John uh-huh. Cena came out and started cutting a promo. The, the title of this uh, episode, you may have noticed, is, is John Cena and Roman Reigns a bad feud? My opinion would be, yes, it's been built pretty poorly with the whole convoluted contract signing, stuff not really making sense. Uh, and we've said that John Cena's promos haven't been great, just like kind of burying the company be like hey isn't smackdown rubbish <laughs> hey and we're all like that's bad don't say that this i felt like was a bit more of the same of that thing it was a bit more directed towards reigns which makes it a bit more uh uh acceptable but i'm going to explain myself a little bit better because i don't think i explained my point properly in my edited review and a lot of people got mad about it because i didn't like this segment so i'm going to see if i can explain my point a little bit better here so i know what i mean in my head i just can't always uh, articulate it so Cena comes out and tries to, to bury Roman Reigns uh, because the numbers are bad. Look, look at the numbers. You, you must suck, right? As the, the, the number one guy in this company. Um, and said that he's constantly been pushed time and time and time again. And he's been, been protected by the company time and time again. And it's still not working. So first off, uh, he's wrong. 
Yeah. Straight, straight, straight. He's just, he's just wrong, right? Because discounting the the numbers for a minute, because the ratings have been declining and all that jazz, right? Discounting that side of it, this is pretty much universally accepted that this is the best version of Roman Reigns that we've seen in WWE, right? That in his whole time, this is the best Roman Reigns we've ever seen. Arguably, at one point in time, there was a debate whether Roman Reigns was the best thing going in wrestling. Across everything. He was up there with like the Kenny Omega, Hangman Page stuff, right? That That's how highly people thought of this Roman Reigns character. For John Cena to come out and be like, huh, everyone thinks you suck. Your gimmick's rubbish. It's like, you look like a fool. You look like you don't know what you're talking about. You moron, right? He's he's um, still cutting a promo on 2017 Roman. That's the problem, right? That's my one issue with this whole thing, is it doesn't work for Roman's character. Because that 2017 promo segment where they broke the fourth wall and they, you know, did the shooty shoot brother and spoke about, hey, Cena, you only bury people in Roman Reigns. You can't do your job. That's why I'm still here. That one worked because it was true. They had nuggets of truth thrown into there that they then expanded into a, into a promo format, right? Makes sense. This one doesn't work because Roman isn't that guy anymore. And Cena's still cutting a promo on the same dude. And he says a load of random stuff like he ran Dean Ambrose out of WWE and everyone goes, oh, he said Dean Ambrose. And I'm like, wait, what? You nearly, what? Ruined, you nearly ruined Seth Rollins. I'm like, when? When did he nearly ruin <laughs> Seth Rollins? What are you talking about, Cena? This is just that, words. They have no you know, meaning. That one, even more than the Dean Ambrose one, I was like, what are you talking <laughs> yes, about? Exactly. Like, yeah. Actually, though, because yeah. I can't even find a morsel of truth in that. Yeah. Like, at least Roman Reigns was involved with Dean Ambrose before he left WWE. It sure. still doesn't make sense, but I feel like somehow that's closer to the truth than Roman Reigns ruining Seth Rollins. Like, yeah. show me where that happened. Show, yeah. Like, at right. what point did he ruin Seth Rollins? Because the only time that Seth Rollins got ruined was, like, in 2019 when he was Universal Champion and just couldn't shut up on Twitter and then faced mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt and just got buried and no one wanted to see him as champion anymore. Yeah, All of which Roman Reigns was on another show just yeah. doing other stuff and also if they're going to talk about like the old roman reigns i'm stunned they didn't reference the fact that reigns beat him at no mercy yeah. like that's a that's a thing that happened and they did you know they didn't talk about it but that's fine um and and then it seemed like a very circular promo. Like Cena was improvising and he's he's probably good at improvising his promos or at least like going off the script a little bit. He's normally quite good at it. This felt like he was cutting a promo on a character that didn't exist and was just struggling to come up with new concept, which is why he kept going back to the one, two, three thing that he kept doing. He did about five times in this promo. People said, all they need to do is one, two, three, and I get become the champion. He made a weird reference to CM Punk saying that he was going to go over the barricade and blow him a kiss on his way out. And I'm like, it works in AEW because he's going there. It doesn't work here because why are you bringing up CM Punk? That's just a an odd thing to throw in. It doesn't have any relevance to this feud at all. Um, it just felt a bit rambly. And Cena and Reigns are both very good at delivering promos and making you believe that something was said. But when you think about it for more than five seconds, you go, what's he actually saying here? Yep. 
And there's just there was no substance. It was very superficial. There was no substance to the promo. And that's what I didn't like about it. See, okay, I'm going to give all of my thoughts about this and try and just succinctly make all the points that I need to. First of all, this was way too goddamn long. They did not start their face-to-face promo until 15 minutes into the show. And they didn't do anything up to that point. John Cena came out and was like, oh, we're in Oklahoma. And he kind of did that for like a couple minutes. But they showed mm-hmm. a, a recap package and it went to commercial. And Roman Reigns took five minutes with his entrance. And then they got in the ring. And it was like 15 minutes past the top of the hour before the face-to-face actually started. Just literally start with both of them in the ring and just go. Then you get 15 more minutes of show. So that's one thing. That's just general time. The whole thing went a half hour. The first half hour of the show was just this segment. So that's bad. I don't like that. I did think that, I don't know if I'd say it was a good promo, but I could definitely see that it's a better promo than most promo segments than, than they've got these days. That's for damn sure. They, it's the same way as a match because a promo is a match. A match is a promo where, this was a promo for John Cena to go over. Mm-hmm. You know, he got the first laugh. He got the last laugh. Roman Reigns only talked for that middle chunk. If they went back and forth like a debate or something, I think I think you could have done a lot more with Roman Reigns here. And maybe that's not the point of this promo. Maybe you'll get a chance to do that later. But we've only got like another week to go before the match, right? Mm-hmm. So, personally, I don't really want to see a promo where John Cena still just buries Roman Reigns for 20 minutes. You know, we've been watching this angle now for a few weeks. And every time John Cena comes out, he's like, you're the biggest failure in WWE. And I was like, he's not, though. He's not (laughs) close. If this was 2015, 2016, 2017, sure. Make the argument that he's the biggest failure in WWE. It's still not true. Mm. That that honor still goes to like Lex Luger and stuff like that. Yeah. But or it's at some level, like as far as a, a major push star, Lex Luger probably holds that that torch. Perhaps Diesel, something like that. You know what I mean? But it's very much not Roman Reigns. And when you're choosing between you're the biggest failure in WWE history or you have been the man for the last year, no one's been able to beat you, and I had to come back because I'm going to be the guy that is good enough to beat you, I'd prefer you put over the guy that you're going to beat. And uh, people are saying Jinder Mahal. Uh, uh, That's another solid answer. I'm more, more talking about people who are trying to be pushed as like the face of the company. You know, in that case, like Lex Luger, Ultimate Warrior, stuff like that. But in in retrospect, Jinder Mahal's push was relatively short term. It felt like 17 years while it was happening. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long. Yes, that's more or less the the point I'm trying to make. But even Roman Reigns, like he he hit a few shots on John Cena. Obviously, there was the Nikki Bella line and that was that. And that was cool. It was funny. Everyone went, oh, this is cool. Roman put over John Cena the whole time. Mm-hmm. It said, I'm going to beat you. And that's the way that it should be done. And then yeah. John Cena gets back and he kind of like mocks him and says, oh, you're going to beat my ass. 
And then it goes right back to it as like, you're the biggest failure in WWE history. You ruined Seth Rollins. You kicked Dean Ambrose out. I'm going to beat you one, two, three. And I was like, what are you actually saying? You know, the conversation that we had a couple weeks ago about nitpicking, where it's like, yeah. if you're able to just nitpick the entire show, eventually you can pull all the threads and then the sweater falls apart, basically. That's yeah. how I felt about this promo. The delivery was good. Obviously, because John Cena has some of the best delivery that there's ever been in WWE. But if you actually analyze the lines of his promo, the promo doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Sure doesn't. <laughs> and I also think as well, if you're going to break the fourth wall, you're going to talk about burying and being pushed and the ratings and stuff like that. You can't then be wrong with what you're saying. You can't say that you're the biggest failure and, you know, you must suck as the head of the table and everyone thinks you're rubbish. You can't have it both ways. If you're going to break the fourth wall and talk about the ratings and all that stuff, you've got to address why the ratings are falling down. And it's not because of Roman. It's because of everything else in WWE, mm -hmm. right? It's got nothing to do with Roman. Roman is universe, pretty much universally accepted as the one good thing that keeps happening in WWE. Maybe not in the last couple months, but in the past year, when the ratings were declining, Roman was what everyone said, the best thing going in WWE. You can't then break that fourth wall and talk about the ratings and burying and pushes and all that stuff and then be wrong with your assessment of what you're saying. You have to be correct because you're addressing something that the fans know about. You're addressing the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. And if you're addressing the behind-the-scenes stuff, you then can't be wrong. And you can't say, well, in kayfabe, Roman would be the, that... Because you've already broken the kayfabe by breaking the fourth wall. So you, you, you can't have both. And this one, he... Came out all guns blazing, breaking that fourth wall, doing the shoots. And it, it didn't work, in my humble opinion. And with the combination of the contract signing being very convoluted, the promos not being great, I'm not very excited for this match in to a degree. Like, I don't know who's going to win it. I genuinely, genuinely don't know who's going to win this match. That does make me scared. Um, but I, I don't think I'm that excited to find out, which is baffling because it's John Cena versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> Yeah, like, just in, in general here, how hard would it, would it have been for Cena to come out here and say, I called you the failure of WWE in 2017. I said that I was still there because you couldn't do your job. And then since then, what have you done? You've done your job, Roman. You've turned your career around. You've been the best thing on SmackDown for the last year. You've been the universal champion for the last year. And no one's been able to beat you. But I believe in my heart of hearts that I can beat you. I can beat the man in WWE because I'm not ready to give up my spot yet. I'm not ready to go into the sunset and be a movie star. I still want to be universal champion. And to do that, I need to do the biggest test of my career and beat you. I need to beat the best. And that's you. How hard would it have been to cut that promo? You I mean, can you still just, do. You just like, cut it. It's super easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's really easy. It's really easy. But it puts over. Roman Reigns, as opposed to tearing him down. Yeah. And it's it, like, I promise you, it's not that hard to do. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah it's something. Anyway, that, that's, uh, that's how I felt about the, the whole promo. Basically, I, when, it, when John Cena ran into the contract signing and wrote Cena in big mm -hmm. block letters on the contract, I was like, never, never changed. He's never changed. Nah.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's see what you guys think. Uh, let's get into some ultra chats here. Send in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Link is on the screen right now. We'll read out all the ones that are uh, five bucks and up. That's American dollars because there was a bit of confusion with someone why their ultra chats weren't getting read out. It's because of conversion mm. rates. So make sure it's five American dollars or up um, <laughs> because uh, Australian dollars, not the same. Um, anywho, uh, we've got one here from Ryan F that says, here's a bit of trivia for you. Last time SmackDown was in Tulsa, Strowman won the IC title from Nakamura. Last night in Tulsa, Nakamura won the IT title from Cruz. Also, remember the dog food segment? Pepperidge Farm remembers. I don't want to remember the dog food segment, but thank you. No. <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah. for reminding us. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. We had to write it into the news last night. It's, it's, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, Eternal Blue says, imagine willfully watching SmackDown over Rampage. I mean, they were on at different times, right? Rampage was on the hour after SmackDown finished. Is that right? Yeah. So there's no, there's no crossover, thankfully. Um, like NXT versus Dynamite was a more fair argument from fans, but now that AEW has something uh, counter WWE main roster, why even bother watching SmackDown anymore if it isn't your job? Two out of five show, zero out of five company. Zero out of five companies, right? Um, that is right, yeah. Yeah. You uh, can watch both shows, though. You can watch both shows if you're crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it's, if it's, uh, if you're not in like British land and stuff. Like, and it's just a show that goes on from 10 to 11. That's a lot more manageable than mm-hmm. a show for most for most of y'all. Yeah. It's not like it's from three to four like it is for you guys. Mm-hmm. 
we'll get into more of your ultra chats later on uh, there's been a few more that uh that have come in uh, but we'll get to those later on we're going to go through the rest of smackdown we're going to do a speed round lightning round going through this smackdown show uh, which uh, after this, after the opening segment, we had Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Cruz for the Intercontinental Championship. I made a boo boo in my in last week's uh, review, the editor review. I said it was a title match last week. It wasn't. It was a championship contenders match, which doesn't make it okay. Um, which honestly makes it more dumb because then Commander Aziz disqualified uh, Cruz, giving Nakamura the win, which meant Nakamura got a title match this week. Worked out great for them. Good job, buddy. Love it. Uh, Cruz didn't even get an entrance on this one. Um, Shinsuke got half an entrance. He got an entrance before an ad break that was actually backstage and then got half an entrance after the ad Sure, whatever. Um, but remember, guys, can't do a title match without promotion. Uh, no, and, then... <laughs> and still, you can, this 25-minute promo segment to open the show, you cut that in half, and now all of a sudden you can do an entrance here and you can do your stupid Rick Boogs thing and whatever. Make things shorter, guys. Yeah, totally. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, this was a match. It was all right. Rick Boogs tries to be a heel and tries to distract Apollo Crews because that's what he does. Thankfully, the referee ejected him. Well done, referee. For He's doing like, whatever... but why? What <laughs> yeah. was I doing? For doing what every referee should do. Just eject yeah. Rick Boogs. He just gets involved in matches. And then Commander Aziz tries to take advantage. He gets ejected. Cool. It's now a one-on-one match. Apollo has some really cool moves. Shinsuke comes back, has a fun little comeback towards the end and pins him. Hits the Kinshasa, pins him and becomes the new Continental Champion. Cool. Cool. You know, like I, the Intercontinental title doesn't matter. No, it does. It, it doesn't matter. So we got a babyface win on this show. We got a lot. We got nothing but babyface wins on this show. So that's yeah. That's a thumbs up. I will give. I will give them props for that. I like that. I what the Apollo Cruz title reign here, like winning the title was an elevation for him because he's never held a title. Up to this uh, point, uh, he he's US the champion. US, right? He was, yeah. yeah, he was US champion. But like he won the Intercontinental title, he won it at WrestleMania, and that was like it wasn't an ascent, but it was like you move up a level, but then he plateaued and never really moved up further from there. Because it was mm-hmm. just you just keep wrestling Big E, you wrestle Kevin Owens, uh, you wrestle Sami Zayn, you do a four-way, whatever. It was just the same thing for months and months and months. And now he's lost the title, and it's like, ew, that was just kind of a an all right title reign nothing nothing much to it probably yeah. nothing that i'll really remember in a couple of years but shinsuke nakamura's champion again that's that's neat i like that him winning the crown has led to him winning more matches that's good you yeah. know I, i'm looking for positives here this this overall was like it was a perfectly acceptable little championship match and then we got a title change which means it's yep. more uh more interesting and more memorable than than most of these intercontinental title matches that i don't already don't remember so yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give this a, a mild thumbs up yeah it was all right cool uh we then got a recap of the alpha academy and street profits from like two months ago before montez Ford was out with uh with some surgery uh we then had profits cut a little promo in gorilla position and they then came out and had a match against alpha academy street profits versus alpha academy I don't know if I'm being dumb here, so please tell me if I'm being dumb. This finish was really confusing. Partly because the camera missed most of it, but also (laughs) because uh, Gable was legal. Uh, Sorry, Otis was legal. And Otis goes up in the corner, and Gable was kind of patting him on the back. It's like, yeah, well done, buddy. Which then the referee was like, tag, you're in. And Gable was like, what? No, I didn't want to 
tag. Why is that a tag? And then kind of begrudgingly is getting in the ring, but facing the referee being like, what do you mean that's a tag? Otis then gets hit off the apron. Montez Ford does a humongous dive straight Almost over him, dive. just like misses him entirely, hits the commentary table. It was like, Jesus Christ, Montez, calm down, son. Um, and then in the ring, Dawkins hits the, the, the neck the double underhook neck breaker thing he does and pins Gable. Why are they confused about how tagging works? I don't... They're I res- they're, like the gimmick is that they wrestle. <laughs> That's they're the, the most, the most <laughs> wrestling guys on the yeah. show. They are just yeah. a couple of wrestlers. Yeah, it feels like every once in a while, WWE gets like a new idea for a finish in their head. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's a good idea for a finish. It's like, we'll have them get confused about tagging that hasn't been done all right it's like well there's a reason that it hasn't been done because it's dumb but i'm more confused as to why the street profits are winning the first match because i get the impression that this is going to continue i don't think they're just you know i can't believe this is wait 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 wait, wait. tempest wait you're saying that a tag team feud on smackdown could go for longer than it's supposed to? No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like this is the end. It feels like the beginning. But at the same time, why are the babyfaces winning the first match in that case? It's like, the feud <laughs> is over. They won. I think it was supposed to be big return of Street Profits. Everybody be happy. That's about it, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. But... I don't know. Sure. I mean, this this isn't a, a feud that is a big deal anyway. You know, it's, it's fine. Um, we then got. I like this little detail because of what came later. Seth Rollins was in the production truck talking to people, being like, "Hey, guys, come on." Talking to Kevin Dunn. I had yeah. to look at Kevin Dunn's stupid face on my television screen. That yeah. pisses me off, Pete. I want Wait, Kevin. But- it's one thing. One thing about this show: it's get Kevin Dunn out of that stupid production truck. I hate Kevin Dunn. But Go Tempest, on. it was a good thing because it led to something that made sense later. I promise this is worth it, maybe. And Seth yeah. Rollins being like, hey guys, you know what You know what I need from you? Come on, stop sitting around. Let's make this thing. I like the idea of the, the implication that it takes like five minutes to create a video package. But yeah, we then had Seth Rollins come out to the ring and he threw to a video package of how he's just better than Edge in every way. Anything that Edge has done, he's done it better. Doesn't matter that Edge did it first, he did it better. Debuting as part of a group, wow, The Shield was way more successful than The Brood. Isn't that cool? Hey, Edge casting his money in the bank to win? Cool. Pale that pales in comparison to the heist of the century at WrestleMania 31. And hey, when I won my Royal Rumble, I actually won a title at WrestleMania. Let's not talk about the other one. It was just, it was just we're just going to talk about the one time that, that Edge did it for this year, and he lost to Roman Reigns. Uh, and then he said he became the beast at WrestleMania. It's like, cool. Anything Edge has done, I've done better. It was a very good video package. That, And then Seth got a really good promo. I think... This is the best that Seth has been since 2019. Since he was I, on top in WWE by then. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I would probably even go back further than that. I yeah. would say this is probably the best he's been since he was like Intercontinental Champion early yeah. in that Intercontinental Championship reign. I still think that's like the best Seth Rollins that we've gotten in WWE. When was that? 2018? 2018. 
2018, I, yeah. yeah. I was I genuinely for a while thought that Seth Rollins could be like the face of WWE when he was in our Continental Champion, just having the yeah. best matches on the show every week. Um, but yes, I I greatly appreciate the attention to detail of Seth Rollins being in the production truck mm. because we I've been saying, well, you aren't on NXT this week, but I've been saying for the last like two or three weeks of NXT, like how is it possible that MSK and Imperium are like hacking into their uh, the other team's promo and delivering their own promo, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. How are they able to do that? They're not production people. So that doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, on this show, we at least have Seth Rollins going into production, and I think he already had the video package. He's just like, you need to play this. Play mm-hmm. the thing that I'm telling you to play. Do it. The only thing I didn't like about it was seeing Kevin Dunn's face. Yeah. That's it. I that's really personal. Like, that's personal. <laughs> that's personal because of everything that he's yeah. done to this company. Yeah. But I like him going into the production truck and being like, play this thing. Yeah. I like that. I like the video package. And then mm. I like the promo afterwards. Like when he's saying that you weren't, you're not going to be able to push your kids on a wheel or on a swing set. They're going to be pushing you in a damn wheelchair because of what oh. I didn't do to you. I was like, well, that's a good line. That's, that's a, a good, good line. line. Yeah. And, yeah, I think this is the best that Seth has been in a very long time. And I'm very Same. happy about that because, honestly, this is probably my most anticipated match for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I think they've done a really good job with this build. And I think Seth is absolutely on top right now. I think he's doing such good work right now. He's, he might be overtaking my favorite top spot over Roman Reigns right now, I think. Ooh, wow. I've loved I've loved Roman for ages, but I think he's starting to decline a little bit, or maybe plateau, I guess is the more appropriate term. He's just kind of, the shine's going off a little bit. The Jimmy Uso story wasn't great. It was just a little bit, uh, a little bit wavering. But Seth Rollins is kind of just rocketing for me. He's becoming one of my favorite guys. He's doing such good work. The promo was great. The video package was great. This is my favorite thing on the show. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um... We then, after that, had uh, Rey Mysterio giving some advice to Dominic in Gorilla position before you had the Mysterios versus Ziggler and Rude. This was a match. Uh, the Usos came on the Titantron and tried to distract the Mysterios, uh, but Ray kind of gave some advice to Dominic and told him to pay attention, saved him from getting beaten up by Ziggler and Rude, told him to pay attention, and then Dominic rolled up one of them, and then the Mysterios Rude. won. Sure. Yeah. You know, I would say that, like, oh, Bobby Roode, you simpleton, you lost, and this team was distracted, and they were fighting each other, and he knocked Rey Mysterio off the apron, and then you know, tried to pin Dominic, but Dominic pinned him. It's like, oh, you loser, but he's a heel. He's allowed to make dumb mistakes like that. It's different if the baby faces mm. make dumb mistakes, and they, and they didn't, and that's good. I like that. I like that the baby faces won all the matches on this show. I didn't really have too much of a problem with it. It was just kind of there. Cool. I don't know where it's going. I don't know if they're going to try and do a like a Rey Mysterio mentor thing for Dom, which I think would have made way more sense when Dom actually debuted in the company last year. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. It seems like he's doing it much more of like a I'm giving you advice kind of role yeah. rather than just like the more like esoteric he's there kind of thing. It's like him actually giving advice each match kind of thing now and before each match and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, we then got Baron Corbin coming out to the ring. Corbin's last plea to the crowd. Uh, I've really liked this promo from Corbin of him. Again, he wrote, he wrote that line a little bit and then just went straight heel uh, again, which, uh, which I, I really appreciated of him just being like, Hey, you know, I'm so desperate. Um, and I'm used to a certain way of life. So everyone here, you're going to need to give me a minimum of a thousand dollars. I've got a credit card reader right here. I'm just going to need you all to do this, but 
Pat McAfee it- just says like, how did a bum get a scanner? <laughs> it's a good line. I like yeah. it. Um, but he was interrupted because what does Kevin Owens think? Uh, <laughs> it's back. He, he comes out uh, to interrupt Corbin and he says, dude, I tried to help you out before. You're still being a dick without actually saying that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to help you. I won't help you until you help yourself, Corbin. Uh, and he says, fine, you want $1,000? Should I give him $1,000? Sure, I'll give you $1,000 if you can beat me in a match right now. And then he gives him a stunner. And I was like, okay, so Owens is going to win in a matter of seconds because he just gave him a stunner. So then Corbin took 95% of this match. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Kevin Owens wins with a roll-up and then hits a stunner after the match. Why not just hit a stunner oh, in the match? Why, yeah, why, why not just hit a stunner it. in the match and just beat, and just beat him? Beat him decisively. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was fine. Another, another babyface win. Yeah, that's fine. It's good. It's fine. I like it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Then we got my favorite thing. I need to. I need to put these into the back end because I need to. I need to show this what happened next. Uh, because we got backstage. <laughs> it cuts backstage to Bianca Belair and Big E, right? And Big E is holding up a whiteboard. Right, with uh, Bianca Bell uh, and like the top line, he's got like lines on it, like they're playing Hangman, right? Or if that's what the game is called overseas, I don't know. That's what it's called in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. We're like lines on there to draw letters in. The top row says Bianca, right? Curse him. It's Biggie holding a whiteboard. She signs it, Bianca. You know what goes on the bottom row? Bel Air. <laughs> Not according to Bianca. It's Bianca, Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny, but I just could not stop laughing when I watched it. And she just signs it, Bianca, Bianca. I was like, what? What? What is happening in this segment? Why does Biggie have a whiteboard? Why is Bianca signing it? Why are they together? Why did she sign it, Bianca, Bianca? I, I, I don't know what's happening. And I could not stop laughing. Oh, man. Anything with so Biggie funny. in it is is just money to me like there's yeah. there's few people where i just won't question it but biggie is like nuts enough that anytime i see this i'm like yeah i totally believe that biggie would just be like hey bianca let's play hangman with your name <laughs> if you tell them what the name is you're not playing hangman she's yeah, just finding her name i don't know <laughs> oh god i i again I think it's just me. I don't think anyone else finds it as funny as I do. It's just signing it, Bianca, Bianca. I don't it even think she funny. was supposed to. I think she was probably supposed to write Bel Air and just instinctually just wrote an I and was like, oh no, Bianca, yeah. Bianca it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't stop laughing. Um, <clears throat> and then, but it was all right because it was all set up for the next the next segment, which was um, Corbin backstage Kayla Braxton being like, what next, Corbin? And he glances over, and he runs over to Big E, pushes him out of the way, steals the briefcase, and runs off. Which, in isolation, cool. And makes sense for Corbin. He's desperate. Big E Corbin feud, not super jazzed about that, but you know, the character motivations make sense. Pat McAfee, on commentary, as Corbin's running off, goes, can he cash that in? Michael Cole goes, no. Why not? 
Yeah, why not? If, if Cena can come in and sign a contract that isn't his, why can't Corbin cash in a contract that isn't his? And if it's so obvious, like Michael Cobb was like, <laughs> no, like really exasperatedly. If it's so obvious that he can't cash in, why would Corbin steal it? I don't know. It's, what? What's the rules, WWE? Yeah. What are the rules? This this was the moment where I was like, WWE has really just broken my mind. Where something like this happens, and I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. They're, they're, they're going to pick which way they want the rules to be this week, and it's not going to affect how the rules are ever again. So, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Go for it. Steal that briefcase. But don't, because Big E can't lose this stupid briefcase. He's not going to lose it. Um, oh, he better not. Speaking of things that don't make sense, it's time for the main event segment because it's Banks and Belair doing a contract signing. I've been burned by WWE contract signings now. Ooh. Okay. There's a lot yeah. of things I did not like in this segment. So, Can I say one thing I did like about sure, this segment? Sure, Go ahead. Go Sasha ahead. Banks. That's it. Sure. Yep. Kind she of, was, but not she really. Was a bit, she was a bit of all right in this mm. segment. Mm. Cool. Sonya Deville does a promo, introduces Banks and Belair. Cool. They come in, they start yelling at each other, and Sonya Deville's like, hey, guys, contract signing's been weird lately. Just please sign your name. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Banks then says she uh... needs witnesses to sign the contract. All right. Out comes Carmella and Zelina Vega. Why? Go on. They, they faced Carmella and Selena Vega in a tag match two weeks ago. Banks tapped out Carmella in that match. Last week, Zelina Vega and Banks were fighting over who should get the title shot. So they don't like each other. It's well known. These three do not get along. They came out and stood behind Banks and were like, hey, bodyguards for Banks now. And then Banks says to Belair, didn't see that coming, did you, rookie? No, she didn't see it coming. No one did. Do you know why? Because it doesn't make any sense. That's I love, why. I love, love, love when it's like the old Vince Russo thinking. It's like, no one saw this coming. It's like, I wonder <laughs> why, Vince. Because it doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, okay. So then it's a trap. It's a trap. They all start beating up Belair. Why are they helping Sasha? They don't like her. Even if they don't like Belair, they also don't like Sasha. There's no reason for them to work together to help Sasha. Even if they don't like Belair. Also, if you want to say that they hate Belair and they just want to see the title offer, it doesn't matter who gets the title. They just really want Belair to not have the title. Explain that! Because <laughs> otherwise, we have to fill in the gaps with stuff that tries to make sense we try and connect these threads that don't always work and we have to use our logic that wwe doesn't it just none of this made sense none of this was explained none of it made sense as i said in my uh in my edited review earlier i believe i said it was dumb derivated stupid dumb uh illogical dumb uh and really effing dumb was what i said I think I think I've got an answer though, Pete. I think I know why they were out there. Maybe they convinced Sasha to let them be in the ring so that when the chaos started, they could steal the contract and have the championship match themselves. 
That was the next bit I was going to come on to. Maybe. God. That makes as much sense as anything else. Any other possible reason. Then why didn't they do that? <laughs> why didn't they sign the contract then, Tempest? If that's yeah. the rule, that someone can come out and just sign their own name on a contract, why didn't they do that? Ooh. Ooh. This made me angry. Didn't like this segment <laughs> at all. Yeah. <sighs> And then uh, Sasha beats up Bianca. She does the bank statement with um, Bianca's braid in her mouth, which is a cool looking spot. And mm-hmm. then it went, oh, that's the end of the show. Huh. Yeah. You know, I just had a point now. I've lost it. Uh, bah, bah, mm. bah, bah, bah. Oh, yeah. See, another thing I could do without in all of these women's feuds is they, they're going back and forth. This is before Carmella and Zelina Vega come out. And Sasha says, like, oh, you gave me a scar. You thought I would be your friend? Why would I be your friend? Why do all the women on the show have to be friends? Mm-hmm. I hate this this line of thinking that they've got, that every single storyline for the women has to be based off of friendship. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, overall, the show, I gave it a three out of five. It was fine. There was some good stuff on there. The Nakamura yep. Crew stuff was inoffensive. The Seth Rollins stuff I thought was great. Wasn't a fan of the start or the end. Corbin stuff was all right. Three out of five. It's okay. I, th- I thought it was a three out of five show. I thought it was a solid three out of five. I, I liked the show on the whole. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I thought that the opening segment was a bit uh, nonsensical. I thought the closing segment was a bit nonsensical. But everything in the middle was like very good. It was just good. I didn't have anything wrong, really, with anything that happened in the middle chunk of this show. And even still, the, may, the the first segment, the delivery was good enough that I could pull positives out of it. So I was like, yeah, three out of five show. Pretty pretty happy with it. I didn't feel like I completely wasted my time with it. Yeah. And if you want to know something else positive about the show as well, recap time, three minutes and 35 seconds. That's an improvement. Way down. Way down from last week. And also, one minute and 15 seconds of that could have realistically been taken out because that was a recap of the John Cena Roman Reigns promo that we already saw on the show that didn't need to be there. So mm-hmm. you could have just taken that out and it would have been, what, two minutes, 20? That'd have been great. That's yeah. awesome. Compare that to last week of seven minutes, 15, <laughs> or two weeks ago, nine minutes. And you see how we get a little bit frustrated with the amount of recaps that there are. But hey, anyway, we've gone down two weeks in a row. So that's I good. Know. It's like they listen to this show. Right, Tempest. Uh, before we get into the uh, the Patreon shouts and the Ultra Chats and stuff, I mentioned to you earlier, I have a surprise. You, yes, Tempest. I have no idea what's about to happen, folks. Yeah. So, I don't know why we rushed through this show, but Pete has something for us. Yeah. So I was speaking to... We, we have a, a group WhatsApp for all the lads that go to the London office. Sorry, Tempest, you're not in it. Um, but it was, it was it was a work thing that needed to, to be addressed. So I messaged him because no one else works on a Saturday, on a Saturday morning, apart from Editor Rich, who edits the, the news, and me on a morning because you're asleep. Um, so I messaged the group and I was like, hey, guys, there's a work thing needs addressing. Can you guys sort this for me? Sorted it. It was all good. And then Ollie responds in the group to be like, by the way, Rampage was a cracking show. A one hour show. What a dream. And I said, yeah. So I responded with. Smackdown was pretty S-word. Can we review Rampage instead? He said, feel free to if you can watch both. 
So Yay! guess what, people? We're reviewing Rampage! Rampage review! <laughs> Let's go! Don't, don't expect this every week, but this week, it's debut episode. You know, we want to give our thoughts on Rampage. It's, it is an important show, so, you know, might as well. I, I don't have any notes for this because I just kind of watched the show not long before we went live. Uh, but hey, let's talk about a good show. Let's be positive what? about stuff. Hell okay. yeah. So oh this my one god. Show... I love this show, Pete. I loved it. Oh, I know. Oh, it's so much fun. About on a show. It was it was it started off with the Impact World title match of Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Uh and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I, I will say my my one nitpick, my and this is a nitpick, my one minor criticism of AEW as a whole, for, for this show in particular, I really noticed it, was I felt like the audio mixing was a little bit off. Like I didn't hear the people in the ring too much. Like I didn't hear like the impact of many moves or like it, I felt like the commentators maybe a bit loud. Wherever it was, I there was something a little bit missing. But regardless, that was very, very minor. It did not impact my enjoyment on the show. Um, God, this match was so much fun. Crowd was super sure hot. Was. Uh, Christian, he's still really good, isn't he? <laughs> and, it's uh, unbelievable. He yeah. was off for seven years, came back, and he could keep going and have legitimately the best run of his career at this point. Mm-hmm. He could, and, and I totally believe that he will because he's that great. And when he debuted in AEW, immediately I was like, Christian Cage and Kenny Omega is going to happen and I'm going to just lose my mind and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be magical. And this this was like the appetizer for Christian Cage and Kenny Omega that we're going to get it all out. And even the appetizer was just <clears throat> it was delicious. Yeah. Excellent. The thing that I loved about this match as well is once it was finished, you felt like they could do so much more. Like you're like, yeah. oh, there's so much. They've got tons left in the tank for another match. And when you know it, they've got another match at all out. Somehow, like... It shouldn't normally work that a you have a match and you want to see him have another match immediately after because you should have a match mm-hmm. and go, okay, that's a great match. Now they can fight, you know, down the line somewhere. This did a really good job of making me excited for the all-out match because I was like, wow, okay, because I don't know why I was about to say spoilers because we're reviewing the show. Christian Cage won. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, first time that Kenny's been pinned in what seven hundred plus days? It was a long yeah, time. It was like it was like it. two years. I think yeah. uh, I don't remember when the last time he got pinned was, but it was like in 2019. It was like yeah. when he lost to Moxley in the unsanctioned match. Mm, that was a good one, yeah. Or did he lose to? Didn't lose to Jericho, did he? Or was that before then? That was before I'm that. Confused. That was before that. Um, but it was unsanctioned match, so it doesn't count. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was so so fun, and it made you believe that Kenny is vol. Personally, I thought that Christian was going to win anyway. He was actually mm-hmm. my pick to win this match. Uh, just because I could totally see him as Impact World Champion. There's a lot of history, of, obviously, with him and Impact. Um, and I I don't I don't know how much mileage they can get out of the Kenny Belt Collector gimmick when he can't actually get that many belts because of travel restrictions and stuff like that. So I'd, I don't know how much more they've got in it, but I think this did a really good job of making Kenny seem vulnerable so that when he does beat Christian at all out, which I'm assuming he's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be that much more impressive, I think. Um, and he was very much protected in defeat here with the chair. Um, it, a lot of distraction with Don Callis. Young Bucks came out to give a chair. Uh, Christian counted it, hit a kill switch onto the chair, which was a great bloody spot. I've, I've, awesome. 
I've never been a huge fan of the kill switch. I thought it was always a bit, little bit of a convoluted move. This spot onto the chair, I was like, oh my God, that was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, Christian gets the pin off the kill switch on the chair. It was great stuff. Got protected in, in, in defeat by all means for Kenny. And yeah, Christian, your new Impact World Champion. Really good stuff. Really enjoyed it. Like, this wasn't a, a perfect five-star match because it was the appetizer match. It reminds me mm. a lot of the Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi match from the G1 in 2018, and then the Kazuchika Okada, Kota Ibushi match from the G1 in 2019, where both of those matches were going to set up a future match for those two in the future, and they didn't want to blow all the spots and everything that they had, so it was the appetizer match. It mm -hmm. was still amazing, but you knew they still had more left in the tank. This felt a lot like that, where they just they're wrestling again in like two weeks and it's going to be great. And they're going to pull off all the stops for that one. At the same time, it was like perfect. It was exactly what it should have been. It gave people a big title change on the first episode of Rampage. It gave Christian a big win. Kenny Omega is still amazing and he's protected in defeat. The finish was excellent. I, I think Kenny Omega is like my favorite seller in mm. wrestling right now. You get hit with like a move like the kill switch and like his limbs just kind of stick out in a perfect way. Like when he gets hit, oh, I could gush about this kind of stuff like all the time, but Please I love that. Shot. Yeah, I know. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Awesome match. Big title change. I think this ticked all the boxes from what you would want out of something like this. And I can't wait to see more. Hundred percent, man. That, that's exactly the same as me. Um, after that, we then had uh, Fuego del Sol taking on Miro. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out here, Tempest. I'm gonna call mm. you out, all right? Because you've publicly said on these podcasts before, it's really dumb when there's a stipulation, and then they the stipulation doesn't happen or happens, and then they just ignore it immediately afterwards. And that is what happened here. So I'm gonna be fair and say they shouldn't probably have done that. However, I will defend this, Sol, but go on. We'll, we'll get to it. Fuego de Sol was uh, facing Miro for one, the TNT Championship, and also for an AEW contract. If he wins, then he gets an AEW contract and he joins AEW. Hooray. Awesome. Um, the match was, again, perfectly booked. Uh, Fuego gets surprise offense from the start. Tornado DDT. Tornado DDT. The selling from Fuego hits the Tornado DDT and Miro goes rolling out of the ring and he's scrambling to the ropes to see if he can keep him in the ring and he just can't do it. He gets him out of reach and then he's like, I'll take a count-out victory. Yeah, fine. I don't want the title. I just want to contract the AEW. That's, that's all good. Um, tries to go for the count-out victory. Mira gets back in. It's another Tornado DC. What a near fall. What a mm -hmm. near fall after the third one. And it was like, it's it's the little things that really make this pin. It was the fact it was such a deep pin. Grabs both legs, hits him, and a very deep pin that makes it look almost like really hard for Mira to kick out. And you're like, oh, God. It's just those little bits that make you that make you just buy into that finish a little bit more. Miro just kicks out at that, manages to catch him. He goes for another tornado DT, catches him. Samoan drops super kick, game over. Fuego taps out instantly. Game over looked brilliant, love it. Um, and uh, yeah, and then afterwards, Miro being the heel takes the contract, rips it up, and leaves. Goes to an ad break, come back. Tony Khan and Sammy Guevara come out. Sammy Guevara comes out to the ring with another contract and says, "Hey, you're all elite." So they did completely go against the stipulation they just said. Defend it, Tempest. I will. I will defend this. Because while in NXT, they just went back on a stipulation. Like, the person who set the stipulation said, like, uh, love her or leave her match. Lose her match. I don't know. I'm going to mess Whatever. that up every time. Whatever. Yeah. They, they will 
go back on the stipulation, just do the opposite of what they said. Here, you can at least defend it where Fuego wasn't necessarily like he was wrestling for a contract, but more just if you become TNT champion, you get a contract, right? So it was like the contract wasn't necessarily the focus of the build to this match. And then afterwards, you can still look at him and be like, he earned a contract with his performance. Like he lost, but then they made the decision based off the performance to be like, you know what? We should sign the guy anyway, because it felt real. It felt real. It didn't feel like something that was necessarily like a planned storyline. And maybe it's because it felt so real that I feel this way. And they went back on the stipulation of the match because Sammy Guevara was the only person that knew. It was like Tony Khan and Sammy Guevara were the only people that knew that this was going to happen. And Sammy Guevara walked down and handed it to him. And it was just awesome. It was an amazing, heartfelt, emotional moment that I think worked in the grand scheme of things. Because you could have just not done this. And I think it would have detracted from the, the overall show and the overall segment. And him earning it. If he just got absolutely squashed, like pinned, no offense whatsoever, and then given the contract, then I probably would agree with you. Then it would probably would have been a miss. But the fact that he made it like close for a, a moment, at least, then I think you can at least rationalize it by him earning the contract within the, the confines of this match. And also, this match was as perfect a five-minute match as you will ever see. The two best five-minute matches ever are this and Goldberg and Lesnar at WrestleMania. I That's it. Totally agree. Perfection in five minutes. Yeah. Love the show. And I agree with you. I was I'm 100 just playing devil's advocate because I know some yeah. people will call you out for being a hypocrite or whatever. Uh, but I agree with you. I I I think that because I didn't particularly have an issue with them going against the stipulation in NXT either. Um. So this for me, this was just great. It's a very genuine moment. Fuego is super over. Everyone loved it. Perfect match. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Something else was pretty great was the main event of the show yeah we're already on the main event it's a one hour show oh my god um also three matches in one hour they had more wrestling than smackdown i saw some people sure saying it in, in, in the chat earlier 28 minutes on rampage and 27 minutes on smackdown wild anyway that is insane yeah i know right um <laughs> so then we had uh brit baker versus um Oh, God. Red Velvet, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, completely mind blown for a second there. Um, and this was all This was all about Brit. This was Britsburg. This was big homecoming. Brit, hey, she's great. The towels and the all of that stuff. Uh, and this this story, this match was really good. It was Red Velvet working over the um, uh, the wrist for everything. It was amazing. Because um, she already had that broken wrist. She had the cast on it. She was just working it over for the whole match. Uh, Britt couldn't lo- uh, do the the lockjaw with the with the broken wrist. It was really good storytelling, and uh, eventually it got into the final spot where she had to switch the lockjaw to the other hand so she could lock it in properly. Managed to get out of the tap at victory and and stand sore at the end of the episode. And then they had the post match angle, which we'll talk about in a bit. But first, let's talk about the match because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was another like fantastic match. It wasn't. I thought the first two matches were like absolutely perfect for what they should have been. The the opening match was like an excellent appetizer. The middle match was like an excellent five minute sprint to the finish. This I thought was like a very good main event. I didn't Mm. think it was quite at the same level as the first two matches, but still very good. Obviously the, the hometown reaction for Britt Baker really played into everything. Cause I mean, Oh, Oh, I think she is the most, the most over organic star that they have. 
it's like her and MJF, but MJF was always kind of there. We've seen Britt Baker's ascension in mm-hmm. AEW. And she started because she started off and she wasn't that she wasn't that hot in 2019 when she was a baby face. But ever since she turned heel, she cut the, the Whataburger faces line in like early 2020 in Texas. Since then, she has been on a friggin' rocket ship to the moon. Sorry, Cameron Grimes. She's just the best. I love Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. She's so over, and this match was just a perfect. Yeah, uh, DMD. It's awesome. It's awesome. This match was like a perfect uh, display of her as a star. Because a lot of I've seen a lot of people kind of going back and forth, like, oh, why wouldn't they just push her as a baby face going into this match in her hometown and everything? And she basically worked as a baby face. But I thought this was just an excellent display of her star power in one match on a big match, considering, you know, the, the scope of of Rampage's debut and everything is good stuff. Mm hmm. Certainly was. Um, yeah. And then we had the post match angle where kind of went a heel again um, with her kind of beating down people. Chris uh, beating up Red Velvet afterwards. Chris Statlander, who was shown in the crowd, came out to try and make the save. Uh, but then Chris Statlander gets taken out by a returning Jamie Hater of all people uh, to align with Britt Baker. How um, many people, also... for a brief moment, thought that it was Becky Lynch? Because <laughs> <laughs> for like a second, I was, I like she took off the hood or whatever, and I didn't recognize her because her hair is different and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "No way! There's not a yeah. chance. That's impossible." And it was Jamie Hater. But for a brief moment, all logic left my brain. I was like, "Is that Becky yeah. Lynch?" What? Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fan of Jamie Hayter. Um mm-hmm. I've seen her perform uh, perform before I've been to five shows with her at and stuff. I think she's great. She's really good. Also, Jesus Christ, she has completely transformed her body. Like yeah. I follow her on Twitter and stuff, and she's an absolute machine these days. And she like she wasn't in bad shape before by any means, but these days she's muscles out the wazoo. She's insane. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this, like, as, as uh, I think they mentioned on commentary, like, the new and improved version of uh, Jamie Hayter. Really looking forward to what she can do, because I think they never really pushed her properly when she was in AEW before. So I'm I'm imagining, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that they they treat her right this time and, and push her as a, as a bit of a star. I think, I think it'd be really good. Well, they announced great. after the show that she is all elite. So mm-hmm. if she's gotten the contract, I think it's a pretty safe bet that she's going to be pushed as a star and that makes yeah. me very happy because i'm also a very big fan of jamie hater i think she's just great anybody mm-hmm. who hasn't seen her work in stardom should go and do that because she's just awesome just excellent it was a bit of a a miss just for the context of this show because i feel like a lot yes. of people in the crowd didn't know who it was and even still like jamie hater wasn't like a big star in AEW when she was around in 2019 and that's that's fine you're gonna have those moments but for the closing moments of your first show it did kind of feel like you peaked and then went down for the for the final moments yeah it's it's like it's the only real negative i had on this show that and the commentary there's too many people on commentary take someone off the commentary team jericho those yeah you can you can do those two things like that's it that (laughs) <laughs> change change the commentary and then the the final moments were a little bit a little bit of a dip but i'm still very excited to see what jamie hater does next she's awesome i love jamie hater she's great uh also because a lot of people are mentioning it in the chat john cena just posted a photo of cm punk blowing the kiss goodbye at money in the bank 2011 on his instagram yeah 
Go for it, cool. John. You're okay. not going to do okay. that. Even if you win, you have no reason to do that. Yeah, you're not You're not going to do that. If you did, I'd be kind of mad about it. Um, and sure, John Cena po- posts whatever he want, wants on his Instagram. People don't look too hard into this. It's just a yeah. picture. Um, anyway. Rampage is a five out of five show. It's a great show. Great debut show. And they did a little tease for the first dance next week. And they did the Darby Allen promo where he mentioned the best in the world. It's like, if CM Punk doesn't debut, the fans <laughs> are going to be so mad. God. Yeah. Can, can I, they need to do, they don't need to do, but if I was running this company, mm-hmm. have the first match going, and then like near the end of the match, maybe the person's won or something, lights go out. Mm-hmm. Whole crowd Oh, it's happening! Oh, it's happening. Yeah. Lights yeah. come back on. MJF is standing on the on the stage. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd or be even, so much fun. Even do the white noise from the beginning of his theme, from the cult personality theme, and then just have MJF just walk out and just be like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, like, okay. So much heat would be amazing. I, I, oh, I Only it. if Punk is actually that. debuting. Yes. Only if Punk is actually debuting. Do that. You can't you can't do that if he doesn't show up. But yes. I think there's enough enough faith that he's going to show up that you can do something like that. It's not like the mm-hmm. Paul Heyman thing he did on Raw, where it's like, right. no, there's that was just them getting the crowd to shut up about CM Punk for yeah. the night, and then he didn't show up. But it's so funny because they haven't announced anything for this show, mm-hmm. but they're promoting yeah. it as the most highly anticipated show of the right? year. But there's right? nothing announced for it. So it's like, well, the only thing that's making it anticipated are these like widely speculated rumors. So yeah, exactly. It's gotta it's gotta happen. Yeah. We're less than a week away from the return of CM Punk Pete. I'm losing it, buddy. I, I'm losing dude, it. I, I wanna we're gonna be doing in the office, we're gonna be doing live reactions for SmackDown and Rampage next week. And I don't know whether I can do it or not, because I've got SmackDown the next day. And I've, I've got to be up in the morning to do my normal news stuff. And I've got to do the podcast in the afternoon. But also, it's the return of CM Punk to wrestling. So I really want to watch it. You gotta oh, do it, man. I don't you know. Do I don't know, man. Mate, it's, anyway. you, you'll regret it if you don't. I know. It's I never going to happen will. again. I know. The return of CM Punk is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I know. I'm going to do it, probably. Before we get into the rest of your ultra chats, uh, we need to get into thanking some very special people, and those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon. If you've not been to Restalk's Patreon page yet, you really should. There's so much good stuff on there. It's never been a better time to become a pledge hammer. Uh, loads of cool stuff coming up. Obviously, it's going to be a new Wrestle League season, uh, which might have something special about it for this season coming. Who knows? Uh, we've also got Fan Quizzle Mania next Thursday. Uh, we've got Rest Talk Extra coming out next week. We've got a lot, a lot of stuff on Patreon. It's going to be great. Um, and also, if you pledge at the $25 or above uh, tier, then uh, you get your own custom wrestling nickname, and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to Michael Mark for Life Plowman. Woo! Thank you. Thomas Ochampa. Thank you very much. The Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Yes. Yeah, uh, give me you. the hard one again. Mm. Uh, Viernes El Dissimotero Cerro, Jason Gutierrez. 
Yeah, well done, Tempest. Proud of you. Jordan, don't you dare call me Mountain Dew. Yes, <sighs> thank you. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Yeah. Nice. Great impression. Thank you very much. Don't impede, Scott Peden. Yes. <sighs> thank you. The intellectual savior of the masses, Damien Campbell. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Osmosis Jones' cousin, Radarius Jones. Woo! Yeah. Thank you. Golden Nick Holden. Yes. Thank you. The Batsman, Nathan Batty. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And Bad Connection, Thomas Lagden. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. Now, let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats here today. Last chance to get those in. Read all the ones that are five bucks and up before the show ends today. Uh, Frank Marina says, I was struggling with the Reigns-Cena contract angle, but then I remembered that's just how contracts work in WWE. Reigns won the championship of payback in a match where he signed the contract after the match started, so it all makes sense. Yeah, I thought about that when the contract signing happened. I didn't mention it, but I was like, that was pretty dumb, wasn't it? I didn't really like that at the time. Hey-ho. But we overlooked it because Reigns was Universal Champion and we kind of liked that at the time because of the new heel character and stuff. So we kind of overlooked it, but it was very dumb. It, was, it, it got the title away from The Fiend and Braun Strowman and that happened and I was like, I don't care, Roman Reigns is the champion, I'm happy. <laughs> and everyone, yeah. including including Louis Dangor, thought I was trolling everyone by being excited that Roman Reigns was going to be Universal Champion and I was <laughs> not. I was genuine the entire time. Roman mm -hmm. Reigns is the man. I love Roman Reigns. Robert Waters says, I can't be the only one that saw the botch finish at the end of the Shinsuke and Apollo match. It looked like he was looking for the inverted suplex, but Apollo wasn't in position. Shinsuke improvises well and they do the actual finish. Yeah, it was a bit clunky. I did notice it wasn't like, it was just a little bit of a moment of just like, where, where are we? Come on, mm, let's get there. But yep. they're, they're pros. Fine. They made it work. Yeah, it was all right. Tyrone Kidd said, who let Becky Lass into the Rampage Zone? Just kidding. I love Jamie Hayter. I'm happy that she's all elite. Great heel. But I hope she goes back to blonde and black underneath because I don't want her to go full Vince Love Blonde's prototype. Hashtag LIW for life. Whatever. I ain't sure that's great. So, yeah, fine. I don't think I don't think you need to worry about that when Vince isn't there. Agreed. Uh, we got one here from 69 Intangible CD Deegan. Always coming in with the old chats. Thank you. Hello, beautiful boys. I'm assuming Pete is back. That's me. Uh, so, Pete, miss you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, what is going on with these top title feuds? They're the same. Can't watch live because I'm in work, but hashtag that be Tempest. Hashtag Prince Pete. Love you both. Thank you very much, Sadie. Appreciate you. Uh, Hannah Allen. Hello, Hannah. Uh, says, lovely gents. With the inclusion of Rampage to my Saturday, in brackets, Aussie, uh, I just don't see me on board with anything WWE. I made the switch to Monday, not Raw, on Effie's Twitch yonks ago, and I only watch pay-per-views for us to talk reactions. Goodbye, WWE. Lots of love. Hashtag LOW444 life. That's probably a smart choice. Uh-huh. I'd be the same way if it wasn't for work. Yep. Uh, Hannah Allen again says, uh, Clarification, still on board for anything WrestleTalk. I just won't resubscribe to the WWE Network, and I'm cool with it. More pressing matters. Only made fun of my currency, and also yours, Tempest. Payback, ideas, future spammings, work with me, lads. Hashtag LOW444 life. We'll work something out. Listen, the Canadian dollar sucks. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> well aware of that. I'm not going to be offended by people saying the Canadian dollar is terrible. Sure, yeah. Loonies and toonies, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. Ah, oh, I wish I had some on my desk. It's <laughs> like a duck on my on the currency. The little loon. It's awesome. There's a bear. There's a bear on that, our two dollar coin. I want that much more than I want the queen's face on ours. Right? Mm-hmm. Bears and and ducks are much cooler than the queen. I'm saying got, it now. We've got like a moose on our quarter. We've mm-hmm. got a beaver on our nickel. Uh, yeah. and there's like a boat or something on our dime. We have fun currency. <laughs> it's just so much better. How can yeah. anyone? How can anyone be against Canadian dollars when they got animals <laughs> and boats on them? Come on, yeah. guys. It's great. Oh man. Um, Dark Train Twenty Four says, "Tempest, I have to give you props for holding it together on Quizzlemania." I kept asking if it's a work in my head. No. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> We're uh, just like, oh my god, what's happening right now? Uh, fun show. Go watch Quizzlemania if you haven't already. That was a very yeah. fun time. Yeah. I like I, I love Huawei. I love and Huawei. It's, it's nothing to do with the Wrestle Talk guys that made it fun. No. It's Huawei and Mm-mm. Sam Roberts. Whew. Yeah. Uh, spicy. <laughs> So we've reviewed some stuff. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, tell you what, Tempest. Next week, uh, I'm very excited, and I know I'm just going to be rubbing it in your face because mm. you're not in London. Uh-huh. We're, all, we're all going back to the office. I'm very excited. Um, all, all of us <laughs> going back to the, the office. The, the British people. Well, not the Brit. No. Laurie is coming in next week, actually. Even though he's at the other end of the country, he's going to come down for a bit at some point. Um, but <laughs> there's so many bits and pieces because we've got, you know, the streamiest party of the summer and we're going to be doing loads of streams in person for the whole week. We had a meeting on, on Friday morning, yesterday morning. We had our, our normal morning meeting that we normally have. Um, we saw Luke and Adam were in the office together. And I was like, whoa, that's two people together. That's crazy. And then uh, our editor Rich was just going through some stuff. And he was like, okay, so on Monday, because on Monday we're going to be doing our um, our 50K subscriber epic WrestleMania watch-along stream that starts at like 10 a.m. UK time. Might be going for like 12 hours, watching all these WrestleManias back-to-back. And we're just just going through like the process, what's going to happen in the week and how that stream's going to get set up and blah, 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 blah. What time people get into the office, all that jazz. And, uh, and editor Rich just goes, have we got internet on that PC in the, <laughs> in the, in the office? And we were like, I think so. And we went and checked and Luke went and like turned it on and, and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> and we are just like, it doesn't have Wi-Fi. And we don't have a wired connection. Hmm. And then Rich was, you could see Rich was this close to face palming in the call. Um, so we had a fun time trying to figure out how are we gonna do these streams in the uh in the office? Because we had a very we had some convoluted setup last time, and we have a bunch more equipment now than we did when we went into to lockdown in 2020. So we're gonna need to figure out how we're gonna use it, but just everyone know, pulling back the curtain maybe a little bit too much. We were very, very close to just not being able to do many streams at all. And we'd have had to go into the studio, which would have been terrible. Because it could have only have been two of us. And it would have been very hot and sweaty and miserable. So. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> sounds like me trying to watch Rampage last night. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sweat and miserable and horrible. Yeah, and lots of technical difficulties. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, on, on our little podcast here that no one 
that I need to worry about will listen to. Let me just say that TSN can mm. suck my ass. <laughs> oh, Christ almighty. It was such a nightmare. Can't put Rampage on TV. Oh, we can't have that. Let's put them on a, on a streaming service that, that no one has. And we don't have an app for. And you can't Chromecast off of. I'd use a VPN to say that I was in England to log yeah. into Fight to then pay for the show again mm-hmm. in order to watch it on my TV. Bonkers. Un- ah. Unacceptable. Ah, Unacceptable. Absolutely. Anyway. Oh, man. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, regardless, I'm 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 super pumped for next week. Tell you what I've been doing, Tempest. Um, because I had a little bit of time off this week. Um, I finally watched um, Inside, Bo Burnham's Netflix special. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really good. It's, re- it's really good. And all the songs are really catchy and depressing. And they've been stuck in my head for ages. And I can't get them out. <laughs> it's so good. Um, have, you, have you seen it? Have you heard about it or not? Uh, I've I've heard about it. I have not mm-hmm. uh, I've not seen it as of yet. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's just like it's one of those things where I I again have a long list of things that I need to get around to watching. It's probably Indeed. on the list, but as of yeah. yet, haven't found time. Especially this week. Maybe next week. Got a couple days off next week, so we'll see. Maybe, but uh, I don't not know. Bad. But it's the streamiest party of the summer, Tempest. How yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm taking days off of the website. In order to make up for the streamiest party of the summer. <laughs> also, I was supposed to get a day off uh, because there was a holiday in Canada two weeks ago, and I never got that day off. So I'm taking that day off on Monday, which is oh, uh, uh, a lady friend of mine's birthday. So I'm taking her out for uh, for a, a nice lunch. What a coincidence. It all that's works nice. out that way. Yeah. yeah, that's very nice. I had my um, I had my parents come to visit on Monday this week, which was nice. Because they can't come and visit me anytime around my birthday, because that's the streamiest mm-hmm. party of the summer. So, goddamn, I know my priorities. Um, yeah, or maybe I just couldn't get time off. Uh, one <laughs> of the two. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I don't, I can't see you around my birthday at all. So they came on Monday, took me out for lunch, which was very nice. Um, mm-hmm. Went for a walk along the river, and okay, British weather, English weather. It's very hard to predict because. It was miserable for a couple weeks before they came. It just rained constantly. And the thing with the rain is it would be completely fine. Sun's out, no clouds, everything's great. Two minutes later, pissing it down with rain. Like torrential downpour uh, for like two weeks straight. It was just on and off the whole time. So hard to predict what was going on. Went out for a walk, took like hoodie in case it started raining uh, and took sunglasses in case it was sunny. What I didn't count on was the sun being out all the time for the walk and i got burnt on my head oh, because oh I, on your head on my head because i don't have a lot of hair tempest don't know if you know this about me um we're a hat yeah we're in a hat yeah, right but, now yeah, but but I, did, but I didn't think about it because it was it was warm and i was like ah, it's fine i don't I need to i'll just take sunglasses and a hoodie because you know it's either gonna be one or the other it's not gonna be one the whole time or it would be cloudy at least but no intense sun the whole time and we were walking for about two hours there and back out in the sun my head got burnt it hurt a lot (laughs) and my head does not look very pretty which is why i'm wearing a hat right now 
Um, because mm. God, it's let's let's have a peek, Pete. No, I'm good. I'm fine. Let's, I'm all let's right. Let's have a peek. No, so no, no, it's fine. Pat- Patreon exclusive peak. This is this is not a Patreon exclusive. This is for the members and for the podcast listeners, which you know they wouldn't be able to see. But that's not exactly. the point. There's uh, people that are paying for this in some I, form I or another. I don't even know if it would come up on the camera honestly, because it's just a lot of skin that's peeling off. Um, which is yeah, you know, it's it's bad. Um, but the moral of the story, kids, is wear wear sun cream. Mm-hmm. Put that on if the sun is out. Uh, I went out again on like the same walk like two days later, and I was like, okay, this time, just in case, I'm going to slather my entire head in sun cream, and I think it it did help, but it still was very ouchy from the other day. It's a bad time. I hate being white, you know, because you burn so easily all the time. It's the I I can go outside for ten minutes and my arms will be like, oof, get a bit red, you know, needs to get back inside. It's the worst. Yeah, that's, you're that's preaching to the choir here, pal. That's, the, that's a story of my life. I, I'm just the whitest fool that you've ever seen. And mm-hmm. I went golfing this week for the first time in 11 years and st- stuck in traffic on my way to this golf course, which if, if anybody knows me, they know that my own personal hell involves being stuck in traffic. It's nice. I, just miserable, especially if I need to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> that, that I'm sitting there. It's like anyone pulls in front of me. I'm just like, F you mother. Just sitting there. Just like, Argh! so I'm sitting there in traffic and I realize I don't have sunscreen and I'm about Uh-oh. to be on a golf course Uh-oh. for four hours. And I, I haven't been golfing in 11 years to this point. Mm-hmm. So just like I forgot what standard protocol was for golfing, you yeah. know? And I text, I text my other white friend who is coming with us. And I'm like, did you happen to remember to bring sunscreen? And he was like, no, no, I didn't. And I was Uh-oh. like, oh, this, this could be bad. I get there. And my non-white friend was like, oh yeah, I got it. I got you. Don't worry. Oh, you absolute beauty saved my life because Amazing. it was a hot day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I would have just been cooked <laughs> and that would have utterly ruined my day. But I got yep. to cover myself in sunscreen and I had a fabulous time. How was the golf? How were you at the golf? Uh, considering I hadn't been in 11 years, I think I did okay. I shot mm-hmm. 117, which is like not. That's not bad by yeah, any but means, but I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't like completely embarrassing myself, you mm. know, the entire time I managed to get par on a couple of courses and get some nice solid drives in, you know? So, I mean, considering that we were just like four guys that none of us golf super often, a couple, obviously more often than the other two of us, but we were just going out to have a good time with the boys and have a beer and, you know, have a nice summer's day. And that's really what we got. And I had a fabulous time. It was a nice golf course. I saw a gopher. I could have turned into Bill Murray and tried to blow up the whole course, but I decided not mm-hmm. to do that. Yep. But it was just a very nice time. We golfed from about 4.30 until about 8.30. And that was just excellent. Excellent Amazing. time. That's wholesome, wholesome as hell. 
That's positive. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, that's going to be it for this episode of the Russell Talk podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening and checking this out. We've got the streamiest party of a cu- uh, of the mm, of the summer coming next week. Oh dear! So close to saying something else. Uh, thank you, guys. Check out all the content coming soon. We got our. If you're not subscribed to the Wrestle Talk podcast YouTube channel, you should because we're doing. We're going to be watching WrestleMania 14, 15, 16, and 17. I think. Um, I think that's where we're starting. Um, and maybe WrestleMania 18, if we do some stuff. Uh, all on Monday. It starts at 10 a.m. UK time. Uh, and it's going to be a bunch of us in the studio, in person, together. Wow! Uh, and we're going to be doing all that starting next week. It's going to be a great time. So check that out. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you so much. We love you. Stay safe. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.